Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. I'm back, baby. Oh, man. What a good hunting season and what a good uh, glad to be back on the podcast. (laughs) How... Have you guys been doing out there? Man, it's been a good fall. Uh, Geez, you know, sometimes you just have to sit down and hit record and uh, make it happen. And when you take, I don't even know, four, three, four months off. um, Yeah, I kept telling myself, man, I need to, about time to fire that podcast back up and get another episode out. And so I'm just going to hit record and and do the thing. Um, going solo today and just going to, with this first episode, just going to do kind of a welcome back, sum up, um, my fall and, you know, just some high key, key points. And then I, for the next few episodes, at least maybe I'll mix in a guest or two in there too, but I blitzed social media if you were following along and threw up, you know, some like four general categories, um, for Q and A's, cause that's a good way to kickstart this thing back off. I think is, um, you know, just get back in the groove of seeing what you guys are up to and what's on your mind and answering some, some Q's with some A's. If, uh, if I have an A, <laughs> um, I think we did mule deer and elk questions and gear backpacking and gear questions and tags um you know draws hunt apps over the counter type category so we'll see i've glanced at the mule deer ones so far and they seem to be you know pretty good quite a few awesome ones and i'm sure the others are good too but i know a lot of my followers seem to love mule deer because i guess because i love mule deer and that makes sense but Man, um, first just want to start out by saying, you know, these, these long pauses in the podcast, um, you know, they're not, it's not just because I don't think, um, you know, I do this for free. I don't, I'm not, it's not sponsored by anybody. In other words, I'm not, um, tied to you know, a business per se, I do have kind of my own business now, um, that's related to this, that, you know, would be quote unquote, the only sponsor, so to speak, but it's just me, um, and Jason, but, and then, um, you know, and so it, when hunting season rolls around and I've got a new business, I'm, you know, crazy busy shipping food and stuff. And I'll, I'll touch on that here at the end, but um, and hunts, you know, one right after another hunts, and I'm still definitely working a, you know, nine to five, um, regular job. And, you know, obviously you got some church stuff and just everything. And so, 
you know, this, the fall hits and I, I put the podcast on pause on purpose. Um, plus I, you know, I don't feel too bad. It's, um, you know, it's a chance for me to just get out and, and I'm out doing right. I'm out doing the stuff. And, um, it's where I learn a lot of the lessons that I try to pass on here and ask guest questions and all that kind of stuff. So you get it. Um, but my question, I guess, um, right off is as we jump back into this and, you know, hopefully keep it going. And I, I always have intentions of keeping it going, you know, even through hunting season. But if, you know, like this year, there's a few hunts that stacked up like, you know, September, 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 and then October, boom, like three or four different trips. And it was like, man, I just, anyway, um, I've, I've thrown around the idea of going, going sponsored, right. That would, that would be the motivation. Um, obviously if I've got, you know, a few sponsors or a title sponsor or whatever, um, besides myself on the, for the podcast, if anyone's even interested, I think a few businesses are, but, um, you know, and so that's the question I want to ask you guys first off and ask for your feedback, um, whether it's, you know, a quick message on Instagram, don't do it on Facebook because I don't get on there anymore, but, um, or an email, right. Uh, send it to team Backcountry's the most kind of central hub team Backcountry at Gmail, but I'm, I'm interested in your feedback. You know, if it's like, you know, over overwhelming amount of people or like, Hey man, I don't care about, you know, a couple two or three minute plugs or ads for companies that you believe in. And we want the podcast, you know, once or twice a week all year for sure. I'm all for that. Um, you know, I don't, it doesn't necessarily bother. I don't, what I don't like, I'll just speak candidly here is, you know, when there's a piece of gear or a company or something that someone is clearly partnered with that is, you know, they're exclusive with, right. In other words, you hear, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, company that does this and they've partnered on their podcast with, you know, whatever it is, this backpack company or this, you know, food company or this, you know, gun company or whatever. Right. And you, <laughs> you can say what you want, but, but, when there's a financial backing at play, like you're not getting a, an honest, an honest opinion of all the different types of gear. They can get on there and say, Oh, this is the best camel I've ever worn, but they don't know, you know, they don't, they, they might, but they're not going to speak candidly if there was something wrong. Right. We all understand that feeling of someone. It doesn't matter who it is. The biggest players in the game that we have the, you know, a ton of respect for, um, all the way down to just guys like me, we all understand that feeling of listening to someone spout off about something that they're clearly being sponsored for. So that that's the only asterisk that I would put in here. The only caveat is if I was to do this um, podcast sponsored, it would I would be very careful. It would be very either something that I am like, very like my, I would bet my entire life on that product or more realistically is I would try to go after sponsors of companies that are relatively neutral or generic, right? Um, 
you know, whatever. A black Ovis would be an example, right? Um, you know, love them or hate them or, you know, a Kafaru. Like, I am going to get behind. I've been behind Kafaru packs since day one, right? I would have no problem bringing them on as a sponsor um, of the show. So, you know, and they... Like, we have a really good relationship. They basically are anyway. They're just not an official, you know, writing a check for the podcast. So I can talk about whatever I want. But anyway, just some thoughts. Um, you know, or we just keep it the way it is. And, you know, um, maybe I go <laughs> incognito for three months and maybe I don't. I don't know. Anyway, something to think about. Would really appreciate your feedback. Let me know what you think. I spent probably the most days in the field at least you know that I can think of in a long time if not in one season like ever and I don't know there may have been some other you know but when you think about just so I and this this isn't a ton right there's a lot of guys that spend a lot more days in the field than I do but for me um you know, to spend, I think I, I added up a few days ago. And then with the couple days I've been out here hunting recently over well over 30, um, 35 ish days in the field. And again, that that's not a big number, right? There's guys, you know, I don't know, Aaron Snyder's and Jason Carter's that are probably spending triple quadruple, you know, hundreds of days in the field. Um, Tony Treach, I mean, that guy takes three months or four months off in the fall, right? Like he is spending his whole entire fall in the field. So there's obviously guys that spend more time than me. But for me, that was working a full-time job. Um, and that's part of the reason I get even some of those numbers is some of these, a couple of these days, three, four, five, maybe, or six or whatever it was of like hunting days was for work, right? I'm out helping um uh, customers clients with our antelope hunt right and i i count that right i'm out hunting in the field helping people uh get stuff on the ground and watching stuff die and you know whatever the whole thing right cutting animals up and watching bullet performance and everything but um anyway 30 something 35 days and some of those are just quick little you know what i would call a half day hunt here close to home on a saturday morning and, you know, we're up on the mountain here and others were, you know, full blown, you know, five days or seven days by myself in Colorado, right? Backpacking in and all that. So, uh, that included scouting trips too. So a few scouting days, uh, earlier this summer in Wyoming, the antelope I mentioned for, for work. Um, then I rolled into the first kind of hunt of the, of the season for me was, well, I actually shot an antelope, I guess, down in New Mexico. And so that was the first, you know, hunt. But that was just a one-day thing. Um, Wyoming deer, uh, bow hunt, you know, as a resident here, I just had the general tag, and that allows you to go in and bow hunt um, for a few weeks. Well, it allows you a lot of things, and I'll, I'll talk more about that, The <laughs> the amount of hunting and opportunity that residents get here in Wyoming for just on a general tag is awesome. <laughs> and it starts, as far as I know, it kind of starts with like that, what, what I call the high country hunt 
early, you know, you can go in as early as September 1st on the bow hunt. This would be like region G and H um, for non-residents. And so spent five days, I think, doing that. Then middle of September took off, um, had picked up another um, leftover turn back or whatever it was in Colorado and a little bit different than the one that I had a few years ago where I killed my biggest buck ever. Um, this was a pre, this was like a premium, uh, tag. This was a tag that, you know, I'll say would have taken 10 over 10 points. That's all I'm going to say. Cause you know, you might, I might, I don't really care. Cause it's not like, you know, on these really hard to draw tags, it's not like, I'm going to probably have the tag ever again. It's not like, you know, me talking about it affects it really. It's already a really well-known hunt and unit and popular and all that. So, but well over 10 points, uh, muzzy deer kind of high country hunt. And, you know, I went into that, had a, the highest, you know, my mind's going a million places and my imagination's running wild what I'm going to come home with. And I, I didn't end up pulling the trigger, had plenty of opportunities, good bucks, a lot of small bucks, a lot of medium, you know, to a couple bucks I should have pulled the trigger on if I would have had the chance or that I chose not to probably should have. Um, but spent, I can't remember, seven, six, seven, eight days, uh, whatever it was. You know, it's a 10-day season. But uh, for better or worse, I had uh, my dog, Chief, uh, is a, a Drothar. And, you know, he's... He's in the middle of these these tests, right? And I, when I got him, I knew that this was coming, and I I was committed, right? And I, I had no problem with it. it like it's the least I could do for the dog, um, right? He's just such a, God, I love that dog. Um, that's another podcast, though, I guess. But, you know, I was committed to this. Well, they had their, you know, within the first six to twelve months, basically, they have to do like a, their first puppy test in the spring. And then that following fall, so Chief did that this earlier this spring, whatever, you know, March or April or whenever it was. And then that very next uh, fall, before they turn two, basically, they have to complete the second portion of that, like a kind of another advanced puppy test, we'll call it, for, you know, lack of getting into the details. But, um, and there's only so many of them, right? There, I mean, it's like, it has to be, you know, August or September usually. And it's, it's like, it's going to be, you know, there's only going to be one or two that are even reasonably close to me usually. And so anyway, the one that happened to be make the most sense was just in Northern Colorado. And it was um, September 9th or 10th, whatever that Saturday was. And so, you know, I signed up for months in advance and I knew that that weekend was going to be his weekend. And and I was so impressed with him. Like we went down and, um, all of my, it, I, I've only been a foster parent so that doesn't, I don't really, but I imagine <laughs> that it was the feeling that parents get when their kids are just excel their, their parents ability. Right. And it's like, oh man, my kid became a better well, in my case, I became a better baseball player than my dad ever was. <laughs> and I, he will tell you that. So I have no problem bragging about myself a little bit. But, you know, it's got to be a great feeling. And I know my dad loved watching my games like at the college level and just 
you know, I'm listen to me. I'm talking like I'm one of these fur baby parents, right? Like this is my son or whatever. But listen, I to put it simply, I was so impressed, and he he far exceeded his natural ability, like more than made up for my lack of talent as a as a trainer, as a bird dog trainer, which I am not. Um, I understand the basics, you know, getting a dog to do certain things, and you know, I did my best, so to speak. I worked with him and. I mean, we had the whole deal. We've had chuckers, uh, or, uh, pigeons, I mean, and got my hands on some ducks to do training. And, you know, we do bird launches and we do drags, right? I've got every type of critter that you can imagine in my freezer for training rabbits and raccoons and dead chuckers and everything. And like, so, you know, we gave it a, a go and, um, he just, gosh, dang, I was so proud of him. Like certain parts of those tests, I'm thinking like, we've done this like, like one half of this little test that he has to do, but we've, I've never made him go this far or I've never made him retrieve it back or whatever. And he just like, he just did it. Like he knew, you know, again, that natural ability of this dog and, and these dogs in general and any hunting dog, um, it's why we do it. Right. And if you don't love that, it's why I even, am, I, I'm not a bird hunter. I don't even really care to hunt birds. I just love taking my dog out and watching him work um, and do things like this. You know, even if it's just training or going to these tests or whatever. Um, so anyway, I was just so proud of him. I was completely happy to give up, you know, a couple days of, of my hunt down there because um, it overlapped, you know, like the same. That first weekend was the opening weekend. And so my wife came down. We did the test. Like she was there to see it. It was really cool. You know, and then she was awesome enough like she is to, pick, you know, take him and the kind of the dog stuff and head back home. And then I just uh, bombed down to the, you know, further down into Colorado from there. So anyway, that was Colorado Muzzy. And then back to Wyoming, right? That that early high country uh, rifle deer hunt uh, went in there on the kind of the last week of the early and that last week, I think, can be a little bit of a sleeper. Um, you know, it's, it's tough, though. You're getting into October, right? So that's the first week of October. And I'm not going to go into mule deer and mule deer tactics too much here because I think this stuff's going to come up on the next um, podcast on that Q&A. But so, you know, it could be good and bad. You could hit an early, kind of early October uh, snowstorm, and then, you know, things can change. and Or it could be hot. You know, it could be T-shirt weather or whatever. And, you know, on any time you're hunting bucks in October, there's already, you already have, you know, one hand tied behind your back, so to speak. So, but, um, rolled into that, didn't kill any punchline. I didn't, I didn't fill a mule deer tag. So if you're waiting for, you know, some, uh, feel good story about this 200 incher that I earned this year, it's not going to happen, <laughs> but we'll, I'll talk about that too. But uh, then you can jump, you know, re the general tag here in Wyoming, you can jump to all these different units all over the state and, you know, different unit will have a different season date. So, you know, some of the other country um, in the state opens mid-October, right? That's kind of the, for most guys, I'm getting the feel here in Wyoming. That's, you know, there's, I don't know, there's like the early high country guys like me, but then there's like the, just the classic old school deer hunt, rifle deer hunt. And that I feel like you know, is kind of the thing that most guys are, you know, most looking forward to or that they spend their most time hunting. But I, I went and kicked around on that. Um, and then, 
you can even roll there's even units in the state as a with the resident tag that they'll they go they're 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 just winding up right uh this what is it november 6th today uh so there's some units that closed and then there's the november 10th unit i mean there's just an insane you can literally be hunting mule deer almost every day from september 1st to november 10th or whatever on the general tag which is crazy um and i did it i hit all those um yeah so and that was kind of the rundown um coming up the only real tag that i have left to to do anything with is uh, my sister-in-law drew a sweet i think it's gonna be a sweet um november obviously this month uh muzzy elk tag down in new mexico which you know i feel like we kind of like snuck in the door right behind us as they closed it on us because uh they've i believe they've 100 percent passed the um scope ban on muzzleloaders and so this would be like the last season for you know for the near future at least where and i don't see it going back uh where muzzleloader hunters can use the rifle scopes huge advantage right when you can roll down there with a muzzleloader and hey i have access to muzzleloaders that you know with open sights um with our little open sight kit i was comfortable you know 300 yards in in good conditions you know good lighting and a good you know target or a good sized animal or whatever um and with a scope i mean you know i'm not saying i would fling a muzzleloader bolt this far but i know guys who have shot muzzleloader you know antelope at 700 and something yards with these muzzleloaders with scopes right so you just the the you know the point is it's the game's going to change and so kind of got in you know like i said just the door closing right behind us i feel like so hopefully she can make the most of that and um, i'm going to try to go down and uh help them with that chase some elk down there because what else you do once you know there's no more mule there to chase you go look for elk finally um yeah so that's all that's really coming up um you know some other just key things that i'll touch on here and then hopefully expand more on in some of these q a's um some of the new gear that i tested uh i'll be honest i didn't I like I have some years where I shake up, you know, a dozen things I feel like in my gear. There's like I could go through like two main pieces of gear that I knew pieces of gear that I really gave an honest like, you know, everything else is just my go to. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. I do love testing new gear and, you know, I, I don't mind doing that or um, whatever, but the one piece, one new piece of equipment that I'm just absolutely addicted to now is this um all in uh phone phone mag uh magnetic phone thing for digiscoping is the word i was looking for and it's just incredible like it's too easy right it's as easy as it should be and i've i've dealt with i've seen some of the other new products on the market and played with them you know at work and with buddies other buddies hunting with them now and obviously the old school kind of phone scope uh, method and this is just simpler you know you don't have to have an adapter and you don't have to have like it's all built into your you know the size and the case on your phone obviously but um just the simplicity of oh there's something boom like i'm on him as, as fast as i can get my phone up and get the video 
feature rolling on it like i'm in the, i'm on the spotter and i'm locked in and it's just freaking awesome um the born primitive gear that was the other piece of equipment um, i haven't switched up clothing i've you know a few pieces of gear here and there clothes and stuff but um super impressed man uh snyder i'll be honest snyder had a sample of it what they had at the time which is most of it uh sent up so that i could run it and i ran it i basically every hunt since i got it um at least colorado i think it missed the wyoming bow hunt but colorado everywhere all over the state of wyoming after that um, put it through the ringer it's the real deal like is it's the real deal there's some gear from you know specific little pieces like kuyu's puffy right that's maybe a tad lighter or whatever um but like when you you know the durability on the on the primitive stuff is way better and so you know it just it, it was the real deal it's a it's a system that you would be able to fully run and be successful with hands down now they're just solids right so i wouldn't necessarily recommend them for a hardcore bow hunter but a guy like me that's you know bow hunts a little bit and you know, when I do, I'm usually wear my little base layer shirt that's camo because, you know, in the bow hunting season, it's usually hot. And that's the only piece of camo that I need on, you know, from my waist up usually is all I worry about um, with my sh long sleeve shirt. And, you know, I'll put a some face paint on my head or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's it's the real deal. I love it. Good stuff. So uh, those are the two main pieces of new gear. Um yeah, I, we talk, I talked about launching the business and you guys have kind of heard the spiel on that on the podcast, but now that the whole hunting season's gone and we've kind of got a chance to, <laughs> um, come up for air, so to speak, it's just been an awesome ride, man. Like this, it, I love it. Right. I love nothing more. Like I, it's two things I love so much. I love backpacking in general and I love food. <laughs> and so I, it's just fun. I love when I see all these orders are coming in and some guys I know and some guys I don't know and whatever, but I'm pulling out all this gear and I'm just like, for me, every single bag of food I'm picturing like, cause I know, I know what this means, right? This isn't, you know, it's not, it's a very specific, um, you know, piece of food gear. Like if you're ordering a, a full day's worth of backpack food, like you're going on an awesome adventure. And I'm just like, oh man, like, where's this guy from Colorado or, you know, Wyoming or Washington. And I'm kind of picturing like, oh, I wonder what honey's going on. And, and it's just, it's like, I am, I get that kind of, you know, giddy, like night before the hunt feel when you would be stressed, but you would have to be uh, putting all your food together. Like I get to kind of do it for guys and like, bam, bam, bam. And I throw it and it's boxed up and I love it. So, um, it's been crazy. It's been really awesome. And, uh, went about as exactly as I, as I could have hoped. So, um, yeah, we do. And I'll mention it here. Um, we do have a, uh, an unbelievable promo going right now. Okay. And I, I don't say that lightly, but like, I'm basically letting guys try it for free and here I'll, I'll be candid, right? Like this isn't a, like some, but there's, there's certain, you know, things of food that we have, we stocked up on not knowing really like what to, I had, no clue. Obviously I had no clue how much food and how many items and how many, you know, of this and how many of that to bring in. And this year was just kind of a, you know, throw a bunch of, of uh, inventory on the wall and see what sticks, so to speak. 
And so there's, you know, just two, there'll be two or three boxes of some bars or two or three boxes of some granolas or whatever it is. Um, and some of these will expire, you know, as early as like, you know, February or March or a lot of them are like April, May, June. And it's just, they're going to expire early enough that it's like, eh, like the heat of even scouting summer scouting season next year, like these might not be good. And you know, we're not, whether they'll be good or not, you know how it is. Most of these are just fine and we've all eaten and expired stuff. Um, but as a business, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to send that out if I can catch it and know. Right. And so we're doing a huge, like a free trial promo, right? If you have thought about or seen or wanted, even if you've already ordered from us, um, I've got a, uh, a, what, a discount code or a promo code, um, the word November, just all lowercase November. And if you can't spell November, um, you shouldn't be probably having a credit card buying stuff online. But, um, so the word November <laughs> and, uh, it'll get you, it'll basically cancel out the cost of one, one full day's worth of food. So in other words, try it, try it free. Let's do it. And I'm, I'm taking a bet that, you know, either a, you're going to get on and probably have three or four or five days worth of stuff or some late hunt that you might order and whatever. Right. Or maybe you just want the one and take it and run. You do have to pay for shipping. That's it. Right. And I kind of average the worst case to the lower end case and, um, of shipping, but, um, you know, it will give you a free trial worth of food. And I'm, I'm no strings attached after that, no strings attached, but I'm hoping that maybe you'll share it. I'll be honest, like, Hey, snap a pic and put it on your Instagram story. If you think it's cool, um, you know, cause Hey, I'm, I'm literally paying you, you know, up to 50 bucks, uh, to try it. Just let me know what you think, post it up, uh, throw, you know, tag us or whatever. So anyway, that's going on till the end of November. So jump on it. Hopefully I can get this podcast out here in the next week or two. Um, yeah, so we talked new gear, uh, the business, you know, the last thing I'll say, um, before I wrap up here is this season for me was, it was like, I don't know how to explain the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain the feeling that I had. Um, but it was one sec, the wife's trying to call me, um, on the podcast machine so she knows um it was just one of those like i learned so much about specifically mule deer right because that's basically all i was chasing but um you know it just hit me that if you go on these hunts and i'm not saying that i i would have tagged out literally the first five minutes of shooting light every single one of those hunts, every chance that I got, um, if the opportunity was there. Now, that being said, I didn't, I didn't tag out at all. And what that meant was I just got to keep hunting. I just got to keep going out and keep hunting. And when you go out more and more and more, and you keep trying to chase an animal and find an animal to take, um, you learn stuff or you relearn stuff or whatever the learn. I feel like the learning curve or the learning like level 10 for me this year. I mean, it was as like, I just, I relearned stuff. I saw mule deer do stuff that, you know, I had maybe known or thought I knew or read about in a book. Um, 
you know, I'll give you one example, like, you know, well, I, I'm going to save that for the, the mule there episode. I'm sure it's going to come up here, but anyway, it was just, you know, that cliche, like it's, and it's almost hard to understand. And it's, you know, it, it seems almost an oxymoron, but like you learn more when you lose or when you fail, you know, or when you don't succeed, because you don't really learn anything when you, you know, yeah, you learn like how to execute a shot and you know, whatever, if it's a technical shot, call in the wind and you get all that experience that you don't get if you don't pull the trigger. But as far as like, you know, animal behavior and navigating a mountain and finding, you know, especially when you're talking trophy mule deer hunting, which I, I like 100%, I was committed to, I mean, I let, I let so many 150 to 160 class you know, 150s, 160s, ton of 140, 30, whatever deer walk. Um, I was in it to win it, man. Like I was looking for a next level buck. And, you know, if you just go pull the trigger, like Colorado two years ago, right? I didn't learn necessarily anything from that hunt. I just showed up two or three days in, boom, there's a big buck. Went around, first stock, killed him. Over. And it was a successful quote unquote hunt, obviously. And that's what we all want. Um, you know, but you, you hear this a little bit in business, right? I follow Gary V and like, you hear this, like, I actually, you know, these, these guys talk almost crazy, right? Like I love, I love losing more than I love winning. And it's like, that doesn't even make any sense. And especially for someone who's successful in business, but like, I kind of get it right. Like there were things and just hunts and, you know, behavior and and different scenarios that I got to put myself in. I got to chase deer and, you know, early and mid and late and watching bucks do stuff and pre-rut and all of it. Um, and it was just a huge learning year. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. Like, of course, I mean, yeah, okay. I would like if, you know, 190 inch deer, boom, I would do it on every one of those hunts, like I said, but you can't, you can't get that learning experience really anywhere else. Now there's always the next hunt and the next tag or whatever. So, you know, it depends, but I think you get what I'm saying. Um, it's just a huge learning year and, and I'm not out there to eat tags. Trust me. I'm not. Um, and so just kind of one of those, those weird, uh, weird things, but super fun. Awesome. 2022 will be, uh, go down in the history books. I loved it. Um, you know, there'll be moments and bucks that I had chances at them staring down in my sights or, you know, had shells racked and just sitting there like, eh, and I'll think about them all winter, but in the heat of the moment. And again, I'll, I'll probably talk more about those in the mule there episode, but like in the heat of the moment, like I erred on the side of, I know what I came for and that wasn't it. Right. Even if it was a nice buck, like there's a couple, at least two off the top of my head, I can think of examples where like, I probably should have pulled the trigger, but it just wasn't, you know, for whatever specific reason, it wasn't exactly what I was after. And I didn't. So anyway, already planning next year. <laughs> I was planning next year on my first hunts thinking, Oh man, like, Hey, next year, how am I going to come at this? <laughs> anyway? Um, yeah, you know, and, and it's crazy to say this, but less than a month from now, like the first, over-the-counter tags will start going up. Idaho has their mule deer. Um, I am 100% planning on 
jumping on and just like I've never hunted deer specifically in Idaho, but I've had a couple of those tags. But I'm gonna I'm gonna grab another one and again I'll talk more about that in the builder episode or the or the tag drawing one, I'm sure. So that's it. That's the first one back. Um just me rambling for 30 something minutes and you guys going, oh gosh, this guy's back again, or you're going, yes, like finally. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, and if you've listened this long, you're obviously a fan of this podcast, but I'm going to be honest, like part of the reason about 1% of the reason that I just had to fire this thing back up is there are not that many great podcasts. I don't think whether the guests are not good or the more realistically the questions or the, um, the host has weird idiosyncrasies. Is that the right word? you know, or nuances in their voice or something. And I guarantee you, you're sitting there going, Oh yeah, well, come, this is coming from the guy who does this or whatever I do. Um, say, um, a lot, you know, I don't know, but it just, it kind of drives me crazy. Like I go through and there's only a handful, there's two or three like good, good podcasts that I am like 100%. I'm going to click on every time. Right. Um, Kofaru cast is always a good one the epic guys that like theirs, you know, and there's a couple others that'll touch on, you know, um, when it's a really good guest or a really good topic or whatever. But anyway, I just, and the irony is I don't listen to my own podcast, but I get to experience it. And so I guess I'm getting that fix of like what I think would be a good podcast episode when I record it. So that's it. We're back. Thanks for listening. Give me some feedback on what you think sponsored versus ad free. I'm a hundred percent neutral. This is your guys's you know, and to some extent it's your deal. If you want to sway me one way or the other, I'm really curious what you guys think. So hope you had an awesome fall and look forward to, uh, to hearing you on the next episode. See you guys. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends, but the best thing you can do leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.